With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with Chuck and John will be out later this week. If you need more Chuck and John, obviously you can get that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We just started our Stone Cold Locks playoff pick them with those people there competing for uh, a very nice prize package of NBA memorabilia for whoever gets the most correct. You got to put in your picks after each round. Uh, we got a bunch of people doing that. If you missed the playoff pick them, we still post exclusive bonus content over at patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast, a little bonus audio, bonus videos, some different random things go up over there. And obviously, you are helping us out. And we uh, love all the patrons who uh, currently are supporting us and we get to interact with over there at patreon.com slash Breakfast. Another way you can support our program. A fun way is to download the Draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use that code FASTBREAK to let them know we sent you. It's a daily fantasy sports game where you do snake drafts. They do all the sports. I know uh, John was getting really involved with the Masters playing golf games. They have baseball. Obviously, as the baseball season kicks off, I only play NBA. I'm a little nervous. We only have the playoffs left. I know it's several months. But if you want to play daily fantasy basketball with us, it is super fun. I play with all our listeners. My name on there is FASTBREAK breakfast you can follow me i will follow you invite you into these little one dollar three dollar games we're playing got a lot of dario Saric planned for me uh he outperformed his his point total but again you used to a snake draft and then you score points you get paid immediately uh through paypal or credit card whatever because it's legal and every state but maybe washington and maybe missouri i'm not sure anyway it's a lot of fun draft.com you use our code fast break you get a free credit into any three dollar game but again i've been playing the app pretty much every day i watch basketball i have a little draft stuff running it's a lot of fun and in addition it helps our program win-win so check it out draft.com slash fast break use the code fast break My guest today is the host of the Time Out with Ty podcast and a sometimes contributor at Behind the Buck Pass, the uh, SB Nation blog covering the Milwaukee Bucks, and as a return guest, Ty Windish. Ty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I just sunk a buzzer beater of adult life, and that is I just filed my taxes it is April 16th at night as we're recording this. Tax day is April 17th, so I feel just great, Keith. How are you? 
here's the thing. You did not get it in just under the buzzer. This was not a Chris Middleton from 40 feet. This was a, uh, you pretty much like made clinching free throws with like 35 seconds left. That's fine. Tax day is not till Tuesday, the 17th. I just got mine in under the buzzer with the extension. So I just filed like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Uh, I will file that extension. And now uh, (laughs) I've been granted an extra overtime period, which will carry on for another half of the year. So uh, there, that's a that's real adulting. See, Ty, you, you know, feel you like did, you're you, adulting. You, you, that's a, that's like when my my toddler puts on uh, like my big shoes and walks around. And he's pretending he's an adult. <laughs> no, no, Ty, I actually adulted. You're like a European veteran. Like you flop to get three free throws, and that put the game into overtime. Like it's a yes. dirty move, but you can't argue that it's not effective. Kind of, it's kind of frowned upon. Yeah, that's what I do. I don't, <laughs> it's not it, frowned upon. It, I don't it's know. effective. We're uh, it's tax season and we're talking about bucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Ty, did you have breakfast before you uh, finished up your taxes? Dude, I had breakfast twice today. I had a real breakfast and I had breakfast for lunch. Oh, not bad. What'd you have? So the first breakfast, my first breakfast, are all whack. So I had two waffles, buttermilk, of course. <laughs> uh, I wasn't in a peanut butter mood. Uh, so that's like my only topping is peanut butter. So today they were plain, but sometimes I'll do it real nice with the peanut butter and the sliced bananas on there. That's bananas for the uncultured. Um, but today it was a basic waffle day. I was in a bad mood. There was a blizzard here on Sunday. So uh, there was about two feet of snow in Oshkosh over the weekend. So was not in any mood this morning. So I had plain waffles. But for lunch, we went to a place that did breakfast, and I had a scrambler with hash browns, cheese, uh, I think there was some veggies in there and some gravy, but I didn't really taste the gravy, so I was actually a little disappointed with sourdough toast, which I feel like is a KG move. That was uh, really good. You've had two breakfasts today that beat any breakfast I've had in, in maybe a month. I've really been getting sloppy with the breakfasts. Well, I'm glad you're picking up the slack. I'm glad you're carrying us, Ty. I'm going to need you to do that for the next 20 minutes. Just keep carrying me. Sure. Uh, we have sure. you here to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who played in a very exciting for a few minutes game on Sunday against the Boston <laughs> Celtics. Honestly, it I thought the game was atrocious. Uh, but then we did get a lot of drama at the very end of, of regulation and then in the overtime. Bucks Celtics, it bothers me that one of those teams is moving on to the second round. Uh, I don't think either team is very good. <laughs> uh, the Celtics obviously are ravaged with injury. Ty, what's the Bucks' excuse? They're ravaged with coaching problems. Um, Jason oh, Kidd lay- was... laying at the feet of the coach, are you? I mean, watch the Bucks and, and tell me they have a, co- a coherent defense or offense with a straight face, and I will say, wow, you should go into acting. You're the next Leo DiCaprio because they don't. They don't, they don't do smart things. Uh, this is the usual Bucks offense, and sometimes they'll spice it up a little bit. But it's Giannis gets the ball, he gives it to Eric Bledsoe. There is w- exactly one screen at the top of the key, and they pass it around a little bit. And whoever ends up with it, if, if there's no inexplicable open shot, whoever ends up with it, it's like, yo, good luck. Just I don't know, just dribble, maybe shoot, maybe pass it to Giannis. He'll figure something out, I guess. Like that's their half court offense. And defensively, they're so aggressive for no reason. Like they'll just attack everything. Their their best defensive 
stretches. They really slowed Boston down, which isn't saying much because Boston has no scorers left. Uh, no offense, Terry Rozier and Al Horford. But um, their best stretches were when they just stayed home on everyone. Because, again, Boston, without Kyrie, without Hayward, they just don't have a dangerous isolation scorer. So all you really have to do is stay home on everyone, and it, you should be able to hold Boston very to not that many points in half court. But they'll be way too over-aggressive and leave someone wide open. And then, like, Marcus Morris inexplicably hit some shots. Scary Terry made Eric Bledsoe do an ice skating routine to almost end the game. But, uh, yeah, so they're, they're just, they don't do smart things, and that's the problem. And, I mean, everyone who picked the Bucks picked the Bucks just because Giannis, which makes sense. He's the best player in the series. I picked Celtics because Brad Stevens. And I feel like it's going to get actually harder for the Bucks from here because – Brad's going to keep scheming and doing stuff, and Joe Prunty's going to be like, hell, let's start Jet this game and see what happens. <laughs> if Eric Bledsoe was worth a protected future first-round pick, what is Terry Rozier worth? I mean, all the stuff that they turned down for him, supposedly put together, I guess. I mean, this guy's incredible. Uh, he's going to go sign somewhere else and average 4.8 points per game for two years. And everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was only good because he was on the Celtics. Surprise. I don't know how this keeps happening. The, the, the Jazz are like, we know, as Jay Crowder <laughs> shoots under 40% from the field. Jay Crowder's been okay on the Jazz. I think more of the, the Cavs are more concerned why they didn't get the real Brad Stevens-affected uh, Jay Crowder. What do you think the Bucks' record would have been this season if, if Brad Stevens was their coach? Oh, they might have won sixty games. I like it. They I said the easily exact win. same they thing last easily episode. Win. <laughs> they easily win fifty games because, like, th- this is the thing that annoys me about Bucks fans. I take, take shots at the Bucks fans all the time, and I, I hope they know it's out of love. Just because I I interact with you all more often because more of you happen to follow me. Um, Grizzlies fans and other fans, you, we can fix this. Um, but anyway. Um, no, like they have talent. Like if you like one through five, they're healthy. One through five is like, and eventually Malcolm will be starting. I'm sure because Tony Snell's not played well, but like pure talent, they can run out Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, somebody honest. And like Jabari has been playing terrible lately. So maybe that's not Jabari, but like you could throw Sterling Brown's been pretty good. You could throw Snell back in there and have it be, uh, Bledsoe, Snell, or Bledsoe, Brogdon, Snell, Middleton, Giannis. And, like, that lineup should just, like, a Brad Stevens coach version of that lineup just murders teams. Like, four shooters and Giannis is really, I feel like, all you need to do. It's like LeBron. Like, when you surround, when you surround LeBron with four shooters, it's unstoppable. Giannis is not as good as LeBron right now. But I think that same formula makes a lot of sense. And they don't do it very often. They don't do it very well when they do do it. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, they would run an offense, which would probably help, you would think. They would run a defense, which, again, could be a good thing to have a defense in the NBA. I know Jerry's out. Um, but they have all these long athletic players. They have some really good players in Bledsoe, Middleton, Brogdon, Giannis. And, again, maybe Jabari, maybe not. Um, they just don't put it together well. They don't play well. They they run weird lineups. Stan's going to get 20 consecutive minutes in one of these games after not playing in game one for sure. You just never know what's really going to happen. Well, you got to get playoff Todd McCour out there. I mean, he was he killed it against the Raptors. That was his coming out party. Yeah, yeah but since then, I don't know what happened, but I, it could be a, a kid thing. Like 
we all know he limited. He told Giannis not to shoot threes in year two after he was actually a, a league average three point shooter in year one, and he's improved every year since then. But that's still one of the most mind blowing things I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, the most important shot, don't take that one. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what's up with Don. But like, it seems like these days when he is involved in a basketball play, which happens often when you're playing basketball. He looks like the gif of the guy from the infomercial trying to wash his car, but he just drops all the things like every single time. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how he does it. Like if he touches the ball, it's a disaster. If someone dribbles towards him, it's kind of a disaster. And I mean, there's flashes where you're like, oh yeah, this guy might be good. And he still could be good one, one day, but this year, for some reason, he has not been able to put it all together. So looking at this series with the Celtics, which obviously is not over. Obviously the Bucks played them, you know, like, uh, you know, right down to the wire could have gone either way. Uh, especially looking at the last two minute report, which has something like 22 errors or something in it. Uh, but lo- looking at this matchup, you said you picked the Celtics and I, and I also get this vibe, which is also a vibe I get from some of the other people I follow that follow the bucks or cheer for the bucks. You seem kind of broken, a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. A, a little, uh, like we have one of the best five players in the NBA perhaps, but we don't like where our, our franchise is going. Uh, anyway, also Celtics fans also weren't really picking their team to win. I mean, a lot of them were, but then uh, like, I know, uh, snotty dripping, you know, James Hollis was saying like, I can't believe how many people are picking the Celtics to win. And it's like, I, I don't feel like either fan base, uh, had much do you wanna, in this wait, wait, real quick though real just to cut in quickly it's funny that you say that since Kyrie went out the Celtics have a better record than the Bucks so oh, what yeah. does that tell you and the Bucks got healthier in that stretch like I think people who pick the Bucks just have Giannis fever which again totally fair like the guy destroys worlds but aside from Giannis and like again Middleton's good Bledsoe is typically good he's terrible in game one but like the Bucks have good players they just do a lot of dumb stuff well, the Bledsoe fit has always been a little criticized. I read on Cleaning the Glass when Ben Falk broke down how, like, at the time of the signing, like, this doesn't seem like a good move, especially when you're giving away a future asset for it because they kind of occupy the same space. And Bledsoe isn't a natural kind of off-ball guy that you would want to have alongside Antetokounmpo. So do you think it's all about fit? Do you think they can make it good enough to take this series going forward in the future? Do you think it's someone that they need to find a new home for Eric Bledsoe? No, I mean, I would roll with Bledsoe for now. I mean, obviously, again, like if he keeps playing like he played in game one, then maybe things change. But like the last 20 games, not counting the Sixers games, he barely played because they just annihilated Milwaukee in game 82. Uh, Bledsoe had like better than Drew Holiday for the season numbers over his last 20 games in Milwaukee. Um, the the fit thing, yeah, it's t- totally valid. I mean, obviously, if you could get Kemba Walker for a little more, you'd love to do that retrospectively, retroactively, whatever. Um, but, you know, Kemba still hasn't been traded and he might not get traded. And I, I think it would cost way more. Um, but anyway, for the Bledsoe thing, I would say that in this case, I would put talent above fit. And just like Giannis being a big guy and Bledsoe being a guard, I really feel like they should pick and roll them a lot, lot more. Again, this Bucks team does not just, they don't do stuff. So this doesn't happen much. But like, Giannis is actually a lot better, and this could have changed recently. I don't know how it's been a little while since I looked at these numbers. So if this changed this season at some point, apologies to everyone who will be offended about someone getting something wrong on the internet. But tradition typically Giannis has been much better as a role man than a ball handler and pick and roll. So which is why I like the idea of people initiating those with Giannis. Because I mean, just think about it, like 
He doesn't have a jumper, so if you sag back, he kind of doesn't have a jumper, so if you sag back, he's not going to, you give him a runway, but that's it. But if he's the role man and, and you can get him going to the hoop, like, all right, that's points. Like, no one can stop him if he has a, a path to the hoop and, and any sort of space. And then you have Bledsoe coming off that, who's a KG scorer. He can do floaters, he can do mid range, he can shoot threes, all off the dribble. Like, it makes sense. Like, that should be something that works pretty well for them. Uh, they can stagger the minutes a little bit. And again, if you have enough shooters around them, the spacing shouldn't suffer that much. And Bledsoe shot, I think, in that 20 game span I referenced earlier, like 36% from deep, which is, again, enough for legitimate spacing. I, th- I think Giannis should have the ball more. And I don't blame Bledsoe for that. Again, that's something where, like, they should draw up more plays for Giannis to have the ball. It just uh, doesn't really happen that often. Um, but. I mean, he had a he he did have the ball a good amount in game one, I should say. But I think that's partly because Bledsoe was so bad. Um, but yeah, so I th- I think it can work. Like I don't think I wouldn't get rid of Bledsoe just to get rid of Bledsoe. Like if some crazy offer came along for Eric Bledsoe, which I don't see happening, then I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I, I think they should be able to make it work. Like it's not like it's they're the exact same player, like Michael Carter Williams and Giannis. If Michael Carter Williams was ten thousand times better than the same player, that is. Just feel like there's got to there's got to be a team out there where I feel like just the talent could be redistributed a little better. Like both teams, kind of like we need this, we need this. Because I feel like with I don't know, I feel like with Middleton, with Middleton and Antetokounmpo, and then like with Brogdon, I don't know. I, it's, maybe there's a smoother fit out there in the world, but I, I'm I'm not sure what it is. I keep thinking I mean, of things like what if what know. if the Pacers and Bucks just just repicked their teams. But you guys are, are, you know, play each other too much to uh, agree to that. You probably have to find a Western Conference team where you're like, let's just let's just combine yeah, our maybe, talents. Uh, I don't know what his contract situation is, but some sort of deal involving Bledsoe and Patrick Beverly. All right. Uh, the, clip, All right. the Clippers would have to put something in for me to be happy because I think Bledsoe is better than Beverly and Beverly has got injury stuff. But yep. Patrick Beverly would be like an ideal point guard for this team. Like just hard nosed defense, and he does not need the ball, but he can shoot on catch and shoot. But again, like I don't know, Giannis hasn't created as much with the ball in his hands recently. So like, I don't, I don't, I actually like the idea of having a lead guard who can do more, and Middleton can do some of that as well. But I think Bledsoe does help them out. They do get stagnant a bit when they don't have that lead ball handler alongside those two guys. When you guys are uh, redistributing your talent with some other unnamed team, uh, I assume you're going to send away Jabari Parker. Uh, what's up with him? Is he completely useless now? Does he just is he getting back from injury? Is he just I don't know trying to find his fit? Um, it's really complicated at the moment. I mean, there's sections of Bucks Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm almost in this sec- this first section that thinks like he might not really be able to play in this series, and it's like. He just had he had a bad game one. He should get minutes in game two and see how he does. Uh, obviously, the defense is less than you would want to see from any NBA player. Um, but the concerning thing was that like the the effort didn't really seem to be there in game one, and that's just like if you're already a bad defender but you're not even trying, then you're just a terrible defender. And on offense, I mean, he was one for five. He tried to go to the rim and got blocked by Al Horford twice. Al Horford is an underrated athlete, and the Bucks kind of talked a little trash about his athleticism before the series, which was a terrible decision because he dunked twice and blocked Jabari Parker twice. Um, but uh, like Jabari Parker should not have that much trouble with Al Horford at the rim. Al Horford's a good defender. He is not a rim protector. Uh, and again, like I said, one for five, his jumper didn't fall 
Well, I forget the one basket he made, but that was where there's only two points. He has to just try harder. Like, it's the playoffs. Like, Giannis is a damn psychopath in the playoffs. Like, that's how you want your players to be. Chris Middleton was so cold-blooded. Like, the stage did not get to him, but you could tell he was totally on his game. Jabari just did not give off that vibe. And I think it was his first playoff game, if I'm correct. No, I think I'm wrong on that, actually. Did he play another year? I'm trying to think with you. I can't keep track of the uh, the playoff appearances and injuries. Yeah, I can't either. I might the Bucks Twitter is going to hate me if I'm wrong about that. But regardless, <laughs> um, I'm going to Google it right now as I talk. But it just didn't seem like he was there all the way. Which again, like if there's no offense coming from him that is respectable, then it's really hard to play him because again, like the defense is not good. But like if it was just disheartening to see, like. The way he played, it just it didn't like Jabari has always been someone who I thought was a pretty. This is his first playoffs. I was right, ha. Um, he's just always seemed like someone who was like always super focused. You know, two rehabs, he never seemed too down. Like obviously there was times, but most of the time he was just focused. Like you know, I'm gonna get back, whatever, whatever. But since then, it's just been bad. I mean, the net rating with Jabari on the floor was minus forty or sixty-five, uh, which yeah. is not great. Obviously, I mean, that's that's not like two minutes. That's 15 minutes, which is more than a quarter of basketball. He's just got to be better. Like that's, I mean, I'll talk about effort. It's whatever. It's hard to really tell. He's, he's got to play better than that. That's the, uh, that's it. Oh, we, we briefly mentioned it. The, the last two minute report came out for the game oh, yeah. one against the Celtics. What, uh, what was your favorite highlight from the last two minute report? I'm going to go with Giannis's last. 17 10 second violations yeah um, that was mine that's, too uh i mean fa- <laughs> favorite is a dark way to put it because they might actually look at calling him now but whatever like the, the, what's the point of these besides to make people mad i really don't get it yeah i, I don't know how i land on i mean i guess they just want to show extreme transparency i don't know like i, I kind of agree with it but it is funny when you're like, yep. Uh, so it turns out the offensive foul was not a correct call. The foul out jump ball should have been a jump ball, which Giannis would have won, given the chance to play. However, uh, Giannis moved his pivot foot on several plays and yeah. he, and every one of his free throws should have been negated because he took too long to shoot them. So wait, which, I, you, which I've never seen that you, before. Yeah. I, they, they never call it. I have, so you're telling me these referees aren't perfect and they're not omnipotent. Like, right, duh. Right. Like, that's live sports. Like, that's how it works. Could you imagine if baseball did, like, a last two innings report on all the missed calls? Oh, my goodness. It would be stupid. Like, you have to accept that as part of the rules. I yeah. don't ever and also, think, and I don't we, ever think you should bl- blame well, officials. the thing going on right now is also uh, the James Harden step-back move has really been back in the crosshairs. Oh, uh, everyone yeah. talking about how it's a travel and people being like, well, if you can't, you know... I think some of them are blatantly travels. The one that everyone's slowing down so much. I think that was kind of obviously it's a travel, but I also understand like the job of the referee is it's more important to the referee to never call a correct play, a travel than it is, you know, to get the travel. That makes sense. Like, like they would rather let a travel go than incorrectly call a legal move, a travel. Which is the correct mindset, and I think whenever possible, you should let players decide the game, not calls. And the other thing I think that I haven't seen mentioned much, 
when you're officiating Harden, I feel like you have to watch his arms a lot because of all the fouls he draws. Whatever side of the Harden drawing fouls thing you fall on, I, I don't care. Uh, not you specifically, you as in people listening to this. Like you can, uh, it's it's whatever. It's like people have their opinions. That's fine. He draws the fouls. That's the fact. So you have to watch for that to make sure you call it if someone reaches in stupidly and he flails and does his thing and gets a bunch of shots. So that kind of distracts you from his feet probably a little bit. But I mean, yeah, that one was blatant. I think most of them he does are fairly clean. But in, unless there was an actual cr- crackdown on travels, like we've all seen the Kendrick Perkins clip where he takes like 12 steps while posting up. We've all seen yeah. LeBron stroll across to half court. Like no one seems to really care about these things. I feel like it's not fair to crack down on James Harden and ignore all the other stuff. Sometimes maybe even Giannis included. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, it's like, like Giannis travels a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so crack down on it or don't. But, I mean, I think that it was something they would need to start in the preseason to let people know. Like, you can't start calling every travel in round one of the playoffs after not doing it all year. That would be ridiculous. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely not. All right, well, so, again, you seem like you have a bit of a malaise about your bucks. You laid out a few things you would like to see the team do, but I guess you have no hope that uh, Prunty... <laughs> will actually uh, implement them. Is is there someone you're hoping will be the Bucks coach in the future? Do you have your eye on someone that you want to be the coach that will uh, implement some of these things? Uh, I was most excited when I saw that Budenholzer had been granted an interview with the Suns. I hope they don't sign him. Uh, that would be my my best one. I mean, if you look at what he does with those teams, I mean, obviously they were last in the East this year because they they decided to gift wrap the Sixers, Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. Hawks fans are still mad at me for saying this as if it didn't happen. Like, it's a fact. Uh, um, the, but, any, anyone like, could have signed those guys, Ty? It was a buyout. Yeah, anyone anyone could have signed just, them. Just so, just so happened that the Sixers were one of, I don't know how few teams that's not tanking and had cap space. Um, you know, maybe just release them before the season. It's not like, was Atlanta's GM really before the season? Travis Schlenk, like, you know what? No, I think we might compete. We need these guys all year. I, I could they, see hey, us. They were, they were shopping those. They were shopping, uh, Bellinelli before the trade deadline. No one would give him a second round pick. I mean, maybe uh, an Eastern conference team wanted to keep Bellinelli off of the Sixers. They could have offered a second round pick any form of a, you know, like ceremonial, t- like top 55 protected perhaps could have gotten it done. I don't know. I Maybe. also wanted Bellinelli and Ilyasova on the Grizzlies, and I have documented uh, evidence via Twitter. Well, I mean, you guys like, got, uh, you guys got, uh, I don't know who you guys, you got Tyreek. I'm, saying, I'm you, saying last hey, offseason. You I'm guys like, did just, the right thing. You guys did the did. right thing and just kept Tyreek, and I'm sure he was pissed off about it, but hey, good for you. We don't need Tyreek on the Cavaliers right I, now. Sova's better than Jermichael Green. People won't listen, but anyway... We have Jermichael Green. He's fine. I mean, anyway, we're getting a, yeah. we're, we're getting distracted. You want you want Budenholzer? Uh, who knows well, if they'll yeah. allow him to interview with an Eastern Conference team? I don't know. I don't know yeah, if that matters true. to him. I don't know either. And I would also uh, Fizdale would be fun. Um, Clifford. I'm not sure Fizdale. I'm not, I'm not sure Fizdale's good, but uh, I am cheering for him. I mean, I think it's really funny. He he gets so much positive talk. We're like on 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 the ABC broadcast. They're like, "Oh, Dave Fisdale, he did a great job in Memphis. He's going to get a look at all these new coaching positions." And it's like, he did a great job in Memphis. I mean, he got he got fired after eighteen months, and you know was like five hundred. Uh, you know, I yeah. guess he was actually he was under five hundred for his uh 
however many games he got in, 60 games. No, 100 games. I'm good at math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, that uh, the Memphis situation, I feel like, was a little strange with the Marcus All thing. Um, and sure. he kind of got into I don't think they. I don't think they had a good relationship. But it's like LeBron loves him. Like, a lot of people from those Heat teams love him and talk about him all the time. And I just think that word of mouth is really important around the NBA. I mean, you know, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Uh, not saying David Fisdale can't coach. I don't know that much about his coaching, to be honest. I just know that a lot of smart people really like him. But uh, that's that's why I'm a little nervous about him because I do feel like it's like, well, what has he done? Um, but I think he could be a good coach, but I would rather have Budenholzer. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in Tony Bennett a little bit. I think he'd be an interesting coaching hire. I know people are always nervous about college coaches as if Brad Stevens doesn't exist. But uh, I, I would not be opposed to it. I think Hoiberg's done a decent job as well, considering all the things in Chicago. Um, but, you know, uh, just anyone who's not Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy or David Blatt, and I probably – I shouldn't say anyone, but those three guys I would like <laughs> to avoid a lot. Who knows who they'll come up with. What, is a, what does Joe Prunty look like to you? I always say he reminds me of a, of a Southern Baptist preacher, but does he, does he strike you as anything? I mean, the thing about Joe Prunty that always like strikes me when I look at him, I would say, is he kind of, and I hope this doesn't sound disrespectful, but his hair and his face are kind of the same color. And I'm always like, wow, that's pretty <laughs> unusual. Like, usually your hair and your face are relatively different colors, but his hair and his face are kind of the same color. Kind of. Sometimes I look at him like he has a long face. Oh, no, that's his hair. So that would be the one thing I would point out is that his hair and his face are very, very, very similar in shade. All right. Well, finally, wrapping up, uh, based on game one, even if you're not going to overreact, did you see anything in game one that made you change your prediction or has given you any hope or have you resigned yourself to an embarrassing first round loss to a uh, completely um, uh, undermanned Celtic squad? Um, the only th- If there is anything, I would say that it's like even for the Bucks, <laughs> this is there really is a malaise. You're right because I have to preface it. Even for the Bucks, who are <laughs> terrible, no, that's not true. But even for the Bucks, uh, they 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 didn't play well in ways they usually would. Like we talked about Bledsoe, Jabari usually is better than a net rating of minus sixty five. Uh, even the Jabari detractors have to give me that one. Um, so like. If they had gotten a passable thing from Jabari and an average Eric Bledsoe game, I think they win that game. Um, but the, on the other side of things, I mean, Giannis was – I don't think Giannis played that well, honestly. Like, I think they didn't make enough adjustments when he went up against Al Horford, and he let Horford frustrate him. But, like, Chris Middleton was out of his mind. And, I mean, if he does that for the whole series, then, like, he's going to get another big-ass contract after this one. I don't know if he's anyone's capable of that for the whole series, being that unconscious. So, like, if Middleton comes down a little, Eric Bledsoe goes up a little, maybe they get more out of Jabari. Like, is it even out? Is that a net positive for the Bucks if Chris still plays at a good level and Eric Bledsoe also does? You just have to expect Giannis to be good almost every game. Like, that's the positives. Like, they overall were not good, and they still were in it until literally, like, the last minute or so. Um, but the negative, I think, like, again, like, I think Brad Stevens is going to have a lot of adjustments that are going to make life hard for the Bucks. But they really, like, the Celtics don't have an offense. Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Bucks won this series. I just think the Celtics are in a better position, too. It makes sense. All right, Ty, last question. Generally, do you prefer Zellers or Plumleys? 
Um, after this, Zeller, I'm gonna. Oh, well, that's tough because I've I've talked to Marshall Plumley when he's with the herd, and one of the nicest people I've ever talked to in my entire life. But I feel like Tyler Zeller is also very, very nice, not having met him. So I have to give Marshall Plumley credit for the niceness. I never met Miles. I've never met uh, uh, Mason. But Tyler Zeller seems nice, has an incredible voice. You just would not expect a big man to have his voice. Great voice, though. Um, hmm. And he brings the energy and effort, to put it as Jason Kidd would say, um, wherever he is now in California, I think. Um, but I think Zeller has been so you're a Zeller man. Overall, the best one is ter- in terms of his time with the Bucks. I think I'm a Zeller man, but I don't know enough about the other Zeller. And they also have an uncle who used to play in the league. I can't remember his name really? right now. Um, but he has a fu- he has a funny name, yeah. But uh, I I think I'm gonna say I, f- I feel like it's almost sacrilege after we've had, you know, two Plumleys and only one Zeller play in Milwaukee. Like we we don't have as big of a Zeller sample size. Yeah, but you guys you guys are doing yeah, his, your part in keeping the Zellers and Plumleys around. Yeah, we're giving them big contracts to wait for Tyler to get forty mil this summer. Uh, his uncle was named Al Eberhard. That's Tyler Zeller's uncle. So there's been the Zeller family's out here. The Zeller slash Eberhard family. I'm gonna pick Zellers for now, but it's probably recency bias. All right, man. It's a good, good selection. Can't argue with it. Uh, Ty, thanks so much for coming on <laughs> the show. Uh, tell people where they can uh, find your stuff. Thank you so much for having me. I always have a blast here talking about breakfast and taxes and a little bit of basketball. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ty Windish. That's spelled T I W I N D I S C H. The Time Out with Ty podcast pretty much weekly you know it it did it's off sometimes sometimes there's more sometimes there's less but you can find that anywhere you find podcasts time out with ty spelled t-i like my name coincidentally um i write for behind the buck pass you can find them on twitter at behind the bucks yes the twitter's plural the site is not it's i, I don't know i i didn't i didn't name them um <laughs> otherwise it's like I just appear on people's podcasts and stuff, but I plug all that on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find pretty much everything. Sounds good. Thanks, Ty. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you again, man. Breakfast forever. All right. Thanks to Ty for joining us. Uh, always good to talk with him. Such a very sad man with his uh, transformational, generational talent on his team. It's hard to be happy. Always greener on the other side. Bucks fans, uh, angry they're wasting their their Giannis time. Anyway, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. If you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Download the draft app, draft.com slash Fast break. Use the code fast break for a free $3 entry. Uh, play some fantasy basketball for the playoffs. Sorry. You can follow me on Twitter at fast break break. Like us on Facebook. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being TNT. Fair break, break, man. You understand? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.